paint your hell. I'm going to borrow some images from my real life. I get up. I live in the, I live in a big city. I get up. I um, I'm hungover as fuck. Uh, and I put on my dress shirt and tie to go work in a box office of a performing arts company, like in a, like a premier first order performing arts company. I'm the lowliest of the, I'm the lowliest worm. <laughs> um, I go to the train station and I have to like, have you seen those videos of people getting stuffed onto the trains in Japan? Yes, 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 yes. That happens. It's like that. I get stuffed onto the train and everybody around me is whistling or chewing gum. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I have, I have my, I have my phone and I'm like trying to, trying to listen to music, but it's just always buffering. And I get like a few seconds at a time. It's like, <laughs> I have, I, I can listen to Iron Maiden, but I can only listen to the nineties albums with Blaze Bailey <laughs> and only a couple seconds at a time. Uh, and so then I get to my, I get to my box office and um, I sit down at my Macintosh computer and I'm trying to write, I've been trying to write a novel the whole time I've been dead. But every time, every time I hit my stride, I get a phone call from a patron and I have to sell them tickets to something. I have to sell them tickets to to a holiday show. It's, it's, it's probably the nutcracker, honestly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's always, it's always about to be Christmas too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then I, I go home and I, I do, I do this for 10 or 12 hours, 16 or 18 hours, you know, <laughs> uh, go home, trains exactly the same, get stuffed on, uh, my fridge is full of PBR and I drink eight, eight or 12 PBRs. <laughs> And I don't feel any better. I don't feel any different at all. I feel completely sober. And then I wake up the next day with a massive fucking hangover. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, I just do this. And it probably, probably there's a lot of credit. There's a lot of credit card debt. There's a lot of calls from debt collectors. And um, I don't have any friends and I can't kill myself. <laughs> or if I do kill myself, I just, every time I try to kill myself, it like falls apart in entertaining in like a comical way. <laughs> Well, that sounds pleasant. I guess, I guess that's, maybe that's too fun. That's too like slapstick, but yeah, I'm picturing like if, if I like tried to hang myself and then like the beam breaks and I like break my foot (laughs) falling down. (laughs) Okay. Does that carry over to the next day? Are you hung over and have a broken foot? That probably happens the next day. Yeah. Does it ever heal? Just so I can do it again. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, there's just like a lot of whistling, a lot of people whistling, (laughs) A lot, of, a lot of hangovers and, and whistling. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Hey, I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. You just heard from our guest, Connor Shoshita Pickett. You heard him describe his hell. Connor is a member of the Neo-Futurists. Those of you who've listened to the show in the past, especially the episodes with Jasmine Henry Jordan and Kurt Chang, know that I love the Neo-Futurists. They are a bold, experimental, fun, party, but arty sort of theater group. And they rule. And if you are ever in Chicago, you should go see their show, The Infinite Wrench. If you want more info about Connor... You can find that in the show notes. I don't know why that 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 phrase slipped my mind. You can also find you can find a link to his band in the show notes. So excited about that. 
Connor and I do talk about suicidal ideation in this episode. Just to let you know, I haven't always been the best about letting people know that. I can't promise I won't fuck up again. But this time, um, I mean, you know, the show is is talking about heavy stuff. We're talking about death stuff. I'm a comedian. It's not always going to be the most uh, respectful. I like to think that's a strength of the show. But just be aware, you know, I... I feel the need to prove my bona fides to say, like, I, I have suffered from suicidal ideation. Uh, don't currently. It's not been a persistent thing for me. Shouldn't have to prove that at all. But, uh, you know, I understand the struggle. I hope that Connor and I, the way I t- we talk about it, can be um, heartening and and make people feel less alone. We're not here providing answers. We're just here relating. So know that. And if you love the show, if you've listened to it for a while, I would love for you to join me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dave Marr. You can join for as little as $3 a month or as much as $15 a month. Uh, Those are my pigeon level patrons who include the aforementioned Kurt Chang. They also include Katie Llewellyn, Susie Carroll, and Fred Fidewa. Very grateful for all of them. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. So now let's hear the show. Here's Connor Shoshita Pickett. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like. What do you hope happens when you die? I hope. I hope the lights just go out. You I hope, hope that. I hope it's darkness, oblivion release i hope that um i hope that i get to feel myself leaving i hope that i uh, i hope that i get to feel myself leaving but i hope i'm not going anywhere do you have an idea of how you'd like that leaving to feel like um like when you notice that you haven't been breathing for a while and then you you can take one full breath and let it out okay and a sort of pressure relief yeah exactly like to, if we can talk about drugs for another moment, of course. Uh, <laughs> like sometimes I don't, I don't smoke weed every day, but a few times a week probably, or a few times a month. And almost every single time I like a, a couple minutes in, I realize like, Oh my God, I haven't taken a full deep breath in like three days. And I feel like all this tension and like just just elective tension just melt away. And and then I think, oh, I should I need to smoke weed every single day. <laughs> but I hope it's like that moment. I hope I hope it's like that moment where I where I realize like, oh, all of this was optional and I can just let go of it. Mm. Yeah. Does it, I mean, it's so, 
there's something that hits me really intensely about that. And it feels adjacent to like suicide thoughts because if it's <laughs> optional and you're letting go, I mean, are we just talking about like a Buddhist sense of suffering here? Uh, yes, I think, I think we are circling around that. So do you have hopes that you could have similar, is that the search for the near death awakening thing is that you could have a non death realization of things you could let go of? I think so. I think it's, yeah, I think I want a shortcut. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want a shortcut. So it's either take drugs or die. Those are the (laughs) shortcuts. (laughs) Almost die. Yeah. (laughs) Almost die. Right, right, right. What do you want to let go of? Wow. Um, I, (laughs) the Feeling responsible for other people's happiness is one that I want to, I want, I, man, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. And, and my just like total fear of the future, uh, which I guess those things are related. Most, I just have just, just live in terror of the future. (laughs) So if it's the future related to other people, is it just like loved ones? getting sick, dying, disappearing, dis- like oh, yeah. deciding I mean, they hate you. Stuff. Yeah, okay. like there's I I feel pretty I I I'm I feel pretty sure that I'm not going to be able to afford whatever care my parents need in the future. Mm. Mm. Um, this is, you know, a death, a death question too. Um, and that's, I just, I, if I could skip that, I would just, I would just love to, I feel, I don't know. I feel sort of, I've got stuff to do. I've got fucking shit to take care of. So I haven't killed myself. (laughs) I've got, I've, people are waiting on me for stuff. So uh, I haven't, I haven't killed myself. <laughs> Is it a, do you struggle with like suicidal ideation or is it a, is it more of a like contemplative intellectual sort of, I don't know, Sart- Sartrean 
consideration of oh what what must it be for one's yeah to, to take should I kill myself life? or get a drink of water right right yeah. right right <laughs> no I I think it's it's really tempting it's tempting all the time like really all the smallest problems in my life like I feel like I've had a pretty I've had a pretty fortunate life you know I I I'm pretty lucky I haven't had a lot of like truly catastrophic difficulties in my life so every like a lot of uh minor inconveniences are like oh this would i wouldn't have to deal with this if i just killed myself (laughs) (laughs) and so you know i i wouldn't call that a struggle it's a bad habit um i wouldn't even call it a bad habit it's a habit i have uh and it's a temptation that feels close at hand all the time but I, I don't. I've got stuff to do, like I said. <laughs> it doesn't feel particularly depression-related, the no, way you I describe just, it. I just don't. I I remember, I can't remember why, but I remember sitting in my mom's car when I was maybe five or six. And there was... I don't remember what it was, but there was something that was causing me to stress. And I remember saying, well, why don't, why don't I just kill myself? <laughs> so and your she mom? was horrified. Yeah. She was like, you, I mean, she, the, she, she made sure I understood that it was very important never to say that. Oh no. Um, Cause then it does, does that create a complex about not being able to, <sighs> feel it or think it is there guilt there with that uh, yeah i mean i don't know i don't feel i don't think it's depression related it just it just there's just so much it's just it really would life is a fucking hassle life is a fucking hassle and i don't think you can prove that it's better than not being you know existence and non-existence i don't think you can make a value judgment on which one is better um (sighs) But, but I disagree though, because if, because we like maybe a different type of being couldn't make a value judgment on which was better, but we like are the product of life. And therefore I feel like that is the argument for why it's better. Can you say more words about that? Yeah, like we're we're alive. Like we like our beings are such that life is the state that the the fact that we're even able to consider which is better is a product of us being I alive. See. And so like that's the argument is like I see. maybe uh, maybe uh, some uh, other being that was beyond human life or death would be able to make this consideration but we have to come down on the side of (laughs) life not that we have to be happy about it but that there there is in my mind as an as also a fan of black and white thinking there is a, a a pleasing forceful conclusion toward life i think I think that is a, that's a re, that's reasonable. I think yeah, I think that's great. I think I think a lot of my ideas about this are from like are like I said, like having a pretty comfortable life without too much suffering, and I and like getting to 
consider these things kind of abstractly. Right. I think it's kind of made me into an asshole, actually. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Um, Are you actually, like, around people who, in your mind, have experienced deeper traumas and acting? I don't imagine you're, like, being an asshole to other people. Uh, I don't know. I think, there, you know, there's a lot that I haven't, a lot of suffering that I haven't seen. And there's a lot. I think, I think my ignorance is apparent to I think, and I think it's obvious in some of the things that I say. Okay. So it's not that you're going up and like being a dick to people actively. You think people are just like to the side, like, look at this little fucker. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about funeral planning? Have you thought about um, what it would entail for you? Yeah, I think uh, I bike a lot. So I actually, I guess I I think about getting killed just about every day. (laughs) Um, And so I think if I were to get killed on my bike on my way to work at this age, at this point or sometime this week, I would I would have to have my my funeral at the theater at the Neos. They, They would just have to make that work, I think. And it would probably be in the kitchen. I I don't think I'd want it to be on the stage. That seems that seems wrong. I think I feel like uh, man, I feel like you know how when a, a like a wedding gets planned or like a graduation or something it sort of gets out of hand of the person that it's ostensibly about. Of course, yeah. I think that's kind of what I picture would happen in my family. I think I think I could write down pretty clearly, like, hello, like, if you're reading this, I'm dead. I would like my funeral to be at the theater. Invite no more than 25 people. It should last an hour. Um, <laughs> whatever, you know, I could. I, and then they, um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure my family would be like, OK, well, we're going to have it in Arizona. We're going to invite you know, it would just like get out of hand. It would Is just that where you're become, from, Arizona? Yeah, yeah. And it would just become, I think it would just become very like sort of normative American, like okay. secular Protestant very mm-hmm. quickly. But what would your, in this note that you're writing, um, <laughs> what what else gets specified? The hour, the 25 people... Because if it's in the kitchen, that's a small, that's a small right. guy. It's yeah. exactly. I, um, I think people should have to read poems that they wrote. I think everyone should have to read a poem. It could be a short poem. Um, and I think it should be a contest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A contest of just whose poem is best? Whose poem is the best? Yeah. And what does what does the winner get? Uh, what does the winner get? The winner, 
the winner takes my body home. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking the winner gets to like spread your ashes in the location of their choosing or something like that. Yeah, maybe it's like a like a T-Mobile gift card or something or something really like <laughs> That <laughs> would be an incredible like not related to your life kind of ultimately satisfying joke, but a perfect non sequitur joke is everyone read their poems. They do, no one knows what the gift is. You've like you know, stowed it away in a box. They're given the key and it's a T-Mobile, a T-Mobile gift card. Like what would you even do with the gift card to a cell phone store? Like it's like, yeah. like get minutes, I guess, like yeah. maybe upgrade, probably switch your plan. Not that many people have T-Mobile. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good, it's a, it's a very Neo sort of, uh, play bit i think yeah it should be fun i i mean of course i like indulge in imagining who's gonna feel bad when i'm dead okay and i you know i would love to get one over on them too at the end Mm -hmm. you know aren't don't you feel bad now i'm dead (laughs) Who are who are these like people? Are these uh, romantic <laughs> partners? Are they like kind of career people? You you've who who are these people? Uh, I think you you got the big ones: exes and bosses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and they would be invited, and and you would fuck them over somehow, or just the fact of your death would piss them off. Or disappoint I, them. I would like to. I would like to get them somehow. I would like to, like, you know, like a. I don't know. So, some kind of ironic reveal. Some kind of like, ironic justice, like a T-Mobile gift card. Okay. Like. Oh man. I would just feel. I. I mean, that's that's the paradox, I guess. That's what makes it so complicated is that you don't get to like you don't get to mug to the camera after you right, you're right, dead. right, yeah. right. <laughs> Unless you record a mugging and you have yeah, some sort of like, screen that you can play it on. I guess you should have kept me. You you should have let me keep working from home, but it's too late for that <laughs> because now I'm dead. <laughs> uh, don't you feel bad? They they won't though. They won't though. Bosses will not feel bad. The exes might, but the bosses will not. <laughs> yeah, it's the bosses might not even remember you, depending <laughs> on the point when it is. Yeah, it's it really is a losing game to try to make a boss rue their decision. At a certain point, you become an office joke. It'd be like, <laughs> remember when Connor died and he thought he was really going to get us? The, oh, what's that thing up on your on your office door? Oh, it's this fucking joker who died and he thought he was really gonna stick it to us and (laughs) what a clown yeah absolutely my next question is more of a prompt and this prompt is for you to relive one memory so in feed wolf ice cream the show that i described to you when we last got fish tacos was the, is is this premise that 
the show, the whole show set in the afterlife. I'm doing some orientation. I'm telling people that one of the features of this afterlife that we are in is you get to fully relive one memory. You can only choose one, but it's not like the rest are wiped. It's not like you get stuck in it. It's just like a room you can enter and fully bodily re-experience this memory. So if you had to choose one, what would it be? What's going through your head? Are there criteria you're using? What's um, what's your search there, there like? There are a couple here? I'm counting. There there are a couple I'm counting. I'm trying to like decide like does it take place in childhood? Does it take place in Arizona? Does it take place here in Chicago? Um, and and there are a couple that I that I weighed, but the first one that made me smile mm-hmm. was um, when a a nudist club booked the Neos for a private show. And we did a show naked in front of a naked audience. And (laughs) we did the the whole show. We did like the normal 30 and 60 show naked. And everyone in the audience, they'd all brought towels to our theater and laid down their towels and they, they packed the house. It was like pretty full and everyone was naked and um, it was like the middle of, it was like an afternoon in the, in this, I think in the fall. And that was maybe the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> really? I think so. I'm yeah, I think that was probably the most fun I ever had. Yeah, it was like it was because, you know, the show like contains so much and there's opportunities to be vulnerable and to be boisterous and it's athletic and there's like moments where individuals shine and moments where the team shines. And yeah, and one of the that's like one of the real pleasures and, and rewards of making theater, you know, in a group. So I think, yeah, I think it would, it would probably be, it'd probably be a theater thing, but like that was, I think the time that I felt most part of a family and that we were doing such a bizarre thing is just one of my favorite stories and like one of my favorite experiences. And because, because I had no idea what it was going to be like before we started, it would be, that would be so rewarding to go through it again because it, because there was not really any pressure or, or any like leering really. There was, it was actually just, just so joyful. Did you adapt any plays or write any plays specifically for the nudist show? I don't remember. Did anyone? I don't remember. Uh, okay. So that'd be nice to know that again too, I guess. <laughs> Let me ask you this. 
did they have food there? There was food. Yeah, it was afterward we had food. I think I've done a stand-up show for this same group. Amazing. <laughs> Were you Dude, naked? <laughs> I was naked, and my experience was very different from yours. Um, <laughs> and I think I'm – because I was trying to figure out why was this such a – not terrible, but like such a joke to me as opposed to a truly joyful experience. And I think it's the lack of an ensemble. I think it's do, be doing it alone. And also mm-hmm. a lot of my like stand up certainly that I did from them is very like I'm like hey does anyone else have this resentment? You know, and like kind of I'm assuming we do and usually people can relate, but it feels weird to be like portraying anger on stage sure. yeah. nude like like having a a situation where i'm yelling at a woman who spilled my iced coffee like that feels weird to to do naked but then i'm thinking like there's no way you guys didn't do equally weird like strange things to inhabit naked yeah but the food fucked me up, man. It was Why? gross food. It was like seven layer dip kind of food. And they had it before the show. And I was like, this stuff's like falling on your naked lap. <laughs> like it, this is like bean dip, like falling on your dick and stuff. And it's like, this is really weird. It was really, yeah, I, I think it, to me, I think the difference must be the difference between Stand up and the neo futurists, which is a much more insular, you know, competitive, kind of insecure, jokey thing, as opposed to a joyful, like supportive environment. We also, when we ate in the kitchen afterward, it was all standing up, so I didn't see anyone drop bean dip on their balls. Well, I mean, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> but so the so the but the beauty of the experience it sounds like was kind of what you would expect just the metaphorical stripping away of things and now we have each other and feeling that much closer to kind of what they would if they were doing this to recruit you kind of like they were doing a good job it sounds like yes i was reluctant to get dressed again afterward i think a lot of us were mm have you thought about doing another show like that? Like not for the nudists? No, not really. Did it make you interested in nudist lifestyle? Not really. It just felt like this magical moment. Yeah. I don't think I need a new lifestyle. I've got too many, too many things as it is. <laughs> but if I'd been looking, you know, if I'd been looking, maybe. What's your coma? We're talking metaphorically here. Any moment, big or small, it doesn't have to be epic. But just something where before 
you felt like one person and after something had shifted? I'm afraid that it's possible it hasn't happened yet. Okay. Uh, I this is something I've I guess I've been thinking about I don't know I don't I, I think it hasn't happened yet I don't think I've it, you know in the literal way I haven't I haven't been in a coma. I haven't, I've, I've never, I've never been like grievously ill or injured. Um, and I've never had an experience that like really prompted me to reorganize my priorities. And at the same time, I've been I've been thinking about what what might happen to do some to to cause something like that. I think that at the in the company we talk about the Saturn return. You know mm-hmm. what this is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're like twenty seven or thirty, and yeah, and that's and that's where I am. I'm I'm twenty eight, and uh, I feel like I feel like I'm waiting. I feel I feel in this moment or like in this in this period I'm I'm waiting for something I'm waiting for something drastic because I I am having you know I'm having these questions about like is it reasonable to remain in the arts is it possible to remain in the arts do I need to leave the United States do I need to move back and be with my family do I uh, like and I, I want these things to be answered for me or to be put in a position where the answers are obvious. And I think this is, you know, why I'm interested in <laughs> psychedelic drugs and that kind of thing. But I, I don't know. I've been very lucky to like hold on to pretty selfish priorities for my whole life so far. Uh, I don't think I've had a coma yet. When you earlier talked about, you know, your 
you know, in, in so many words, privilege, like what are the things, what are the things that you imagine on the flip side, like the, the hard life sort of things when you're saying like, you know, I've had it pretty easy. I haven't experienced what's, what's on the other side of that sense. I haven't experienced what, what are the things that you feel like you've been spared so far? What have I been spared? I think I've, I've been spared a lot of like real deep want and real deep rejection. I think, and I think I've manufactured those things for myself because I needed, you know, some kind of, you know how like if the, if when, when your life is lacking something, you'll manufacture it, you'll find a way to like create it for yourself. And sure want struggle rejection like these things are things i've mostly manufactured for myself right like (laughs) so does that mean you're relatively if you weren't manufacturing that you're relatively content uh yeah i mean i have no reason not to be uh well that doesn't mean that you aren't just because you have no reason yeah i think i I think I'm a, a particular, I, f- I think one of my greatest flaws is that I'm like a particularly ungrateful person and I don't, <laughs> I don't recognize the sacrifices that other people make on my behalf. And I don't, I don't show gratitude for, um, I'm getting to reflect on this a lot because I'm, I had a breakup recently and yeah, and I think I'm I'm a particularly ungrateful person. And I think if had a, there's something if I'd had different experiences, and I'm not saying that I wish I had, because I'm imagining, you know, scenes in hospitals and cemeteries and like scenes in courthouses and prisons and like the the places where like like suffering and trauma happen. Like if I'd, if more of my life had been set in those places, maybe I would be more grateful for what I have and more grateful to be alive. Alive and not alone. Um, Yeah, I guess I just want it to be answered for me or to have been answered for me. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Do you think you would recognize it? Like, what would... What would... What would yeah. Yeah, right, what would satisfy right. as an answer? I don't know. <laughs> would I recognize it? Do you think I would recognize it? Well, it's you're presenting a lot of really interesting paradoxes, right? Because you're like... You're saying I'm a particularly ungrateful person, but that requires like acknowledging that objectively gratitude is good. And you're and you seem to be aware of that. So you seem <laughs> to be like on some level wanting to be grateful, but you need something to like shock you into it, it sounds like. To to be able to not just know it, but to feel it and and yeah. do it. 
but and my my experience is that so I think you would notice it, but I think if this is who you are right now, I just really believe that people, um, you know, it miraculously like adapt, right? But also, uh, terrifyingly adapt, right? So if this is what if this is your baseline you're going to be pulled back to the baseline at some point. I just, my experience having had some of these experiences where you could say, and every day is a gift after that is like, right. no, it doesn't feel like that. Like, sorry, it doesn't feel like a gift. Like it feels like, uh, it feels like socks. If, if that's, the <laughs> gift. you know what I mean? But, um, but, but I think you can, you can still use those big shocks if you're really smart about it to make changes. But the, the secret is you could actually just choose yeah. today. Yeah. And, but it would be hard and, and you would need some like support and structures around how to do that. I think. Yeah. I don't feel done with this. I feel like there's something <laughs> else here that we haven't quite scraped at. And it's, and it, because, because the other paradox I'm noticing that I was kind of trying to get up, get at before is like the paradox between contentment and attempting to create uh, want rejection, desire, drama, basically. Yeah. And it's like, so if you are so content that you have to create drama, it's not already existing, then, but you also feel the desire to create drama, how can you actually, you're not actually content. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, the Buddha Siddhartha Gautama was a prince. He had all of his wants taken care of, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yet he still went out to sleep in the. You know, he still went out to live in the forest as an ascetic. Yeah, it's true. Right. So it's so it's just some sort of um, archetypal dissatisfaction with <laughs> the way with the life presented to you. Is that is that right, or am I? Is, am I think I that's right, it? and I think it's probably like you said. It would probably remain that way, regardless of the circumstances. So wait, you don't think you could ever awaken? Um, no, not never. I think I would like to be able to think at least most days are a gift or some days are a gift. Mm-hmm. I think it'll, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Are you just saying that because you, do you think you'll figure it out? Hmm. 
or what does figuring it out look like? Is figuring out like, do you imagine like an undisturbed peace or is it just like, no, I know things will still be difficult. I know I may still have anxiety and this and this and this, but it does feel like there is. Cause like the search for answers doesn't imply that there are no, sometimes there are actual answers, you know? I think at some point I will become comfortable with the notion that the search is the answer, but that has not happened. That is, that is not the case yet. Do you believe that the search is the answer? Yes. Okay. And we're talking about the search for some sort of truth, some sort of (laughs) awakening to the, like, what? The gift of life, the magic of life. Exactly, yes, the gift of life. Okay. Okay. It's a very strange place to be in. It's It's a particular type of brain that I share that is, like, analyze these things enough to kind of have all the answers in front of you and not be able to inhabit them. Mm-hmm. So good luck. Thanks, you too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is the show. Please check out Connor's band. Check out my my social media profiles there in the show notes. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. If you enjoy the show and you listen on Apple, rate the show, uh, review it. It's my birthday this week, so I'm hoping to get a couple more nice reviews so I can have that ego stroke for my birthday. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. So thank you so much for listening. I apologize for the two-week absence, those of you who noticed. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. And human beings, they do miracles.